Adding wholesale as a channel to your store is a great way to increase revenue. But how do you offer customer-specific pricing in Shopify? Well, there's a bold app for that. It's called Customer Pricing, and it's great for wholesale, of course. But it's also cool to add things like a VIP program, where you reward your best customers. It's so easy to use. To put a customer in a price group, you tag their customer account. That's it. Or if you want to get fancy, the app could do it automatically for you, tagging customers into groups based off how much they've spent, how often they've ordered, where they're from, or what products they purchased. For example, let's say a customer spends $500. We could automatically tag them as silver, and they get 5% off. Then when they've spent 1000 or more, they get tagged gold, and now they get 10% off. And with the tagging by product purchase feature, you could actually sell a membership product and then give members a discount, not unlike a Costco or a Sam's Club. Now, as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their customer pricing app free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get the exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup. And it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. So occasionally, I read the news, and I subscribe to a few newsletters of actual news, a literal newsletter. And in one I saw uh, last weekend, it said that supposedly there is a personal battle going on between Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, and Mark Zuckerberg, famous CEO of Facebook slash only living Android on the planet. And supposedly, Zuckerberg said in a quote, we need to inflict pain on Apple. Now, why in the heck... Would Zuckerberg want to inflict pain on Apple? Well, because Facebook's core revenue source, advertising, has suddenly been threatened by Apple. I don't know what the beef is. I don't know who you know, said what about who, but they're mad, and it is spilling over. It is affecting us as, as merchants, as advertisers. And I'm, of course, talking about the, the iOS 14 update and the impact that's had on on your Facebook pixel because it is so technical and so crazy and so like Silicon Valley fighting with each other um, ridiculousness. I I don't get it. I truly I don't. So I need to get someone smarter than me. Kurt Bullock, Facebook master, is going to join us. Yes, we're going to talk FB with KB. There you go. I just named your YouTube channel, Mr. Bullock. Uh, A Number one, tell us why you're you're qualified to discuss with us Facebook updates. It's because I believe that's all I do every day. Uh, so I'm deep in this with all of our clients uh, trying to figure out this iOS 14 mess. 
And I've figured out a few things. A lot of it is there's lots of technical like gotchas. You need to be an admin here or you need to have this window open. So hopefully I can help solve some of your problems as you guys are trying to get this set up on your end. What What's the beef? Why are these two tech giants going at each other? A lot of it's just going to be sort of uh, hearsay, right? And just trying to figure this out based on little things people have said. But the, the big beef really is that right now, uh, Apple has made some big changes that are making things more difficult for Facebook. Um, the reasons, uh, part of the reason is that Apple has branded itself and sort of adopted this, um, this stance of being very privacy focused. And so they're trying to push that uh, out and make that sort of a pillar of their brand. Uh, they have sort of uh, a righteous position in protecting privacy, right? And and so I think that is what they are selling to the marketplace. Okay, so Apple's new positioning as, I think they, they see the writing on the wall legislation-wise and are trying to get ahead of it and are trying to position themselves because they have this massive war chest of cash so they can afford to do it. Say, so, hey, we, we, are, we have good corporate values right they've they've made increasing strides in sustainability and now privacy as well you're right it's this they're very pro privacy is their thing what are they doing to be pro privacy like the idea that my phone was not private before is a little concerning what's changed here with iOS 14 so iOS 14 uh, again there's a lot of technical stuff that uh, comes out with this but there's really three big parts uh, that they introduced so the first is what they're calling the data nutrition label. Take a guess what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen the phrase data nutrition label before, and I thought, yeah, is that, are they being smarmy? Is that a joke? What, what is a data nutrition label? Yeah, so the data nutrition label is, uh, if you go to the app store and now you scroll all the way down to the bottom, I'm not sure if it's a separate tab, but there is, uh, they're requiring that all the app developers disclose how data is being used. So that includes things like um, if we track your purchases, if we uh, track your email, if we track your web browsing uh, history, all these sorts of things are now supposed to be disclosed in the app store um, for all apps. So what's this, what's this thing look like? I'm Googling data nutrition label. Yeah, yeah. If you pull that up, you'll see it's essentially, it, it looks like a checklist with items. Uh, I think as app developers, they want to have that list be as small as possible. Um, but so it's it's essentially just an awareness, kind of like you're looking at the back of your cereal box. You know, what's in this thing? What, what can I expect from this? Okay. Yeah. And it really appears to be, at least in some of these I've seen, like the the ad industry's proposed version of it really does look like a nutrition label, but it says stuff like, um, you know, branded name, audience description, data transparency. Eh, this is confusing to me already. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So number one, uh, so what's fate? Well, is this live now? Like if I go look in the Facebook, in the app store at Facebook, does it have just like one unending list of what they do with my data? I believe so. Um, I'm not sure if everybody can see it, but I have uh, seen screenshots from it. Um, so I, I'm assuming that it's live for everybody. Um, okay. Yeah. So that so that's the data nutrition label. Um, the next thing, and this is what scares a lot of people, uh, Facebook and advertisers primarily, 
I was going to say, because that nutrition label didn't sound so bad. No, And it no. doesn't sound like suddenly this thing's going to break all my ads. Well, that's a really good point. So I think that the direction that this is going is good, right? I think privacy is good. I think that there has been an overreach on the on the part of the internet, right? In, in looking into all of our things. So this is good. And this is part of a trend towards privacy. Um, we'll talk more about this later, but a trend towards getting rid of the pixel as well, because the pixel has all kinds of problems in terms of privacy and moving to this sort of server side processing. So we'll talk more about that. That's part of all of this stuff. But so that's, I think that's good. The data, data nutrition label, good. App tracking transparency prompt. So this is the big one that's scaring people. One of the big ones. Um, and that is going to be this label. If you Google it, you'll see, or you've probably seen this uh, Twitter image that Tim Cook shared where we're prompting people or, or, so Facebook is requiring that apps prompt people and say, hey, would you like to opt in to be tracked essentially, right? And you have to agree to that. And so they give Facebook a couple lines to describe why you should want this. Uh, for instance, the quality of you know personalized ads are good uh, because you're, you're going to see more targeted content, more targeted ads. Without it, you're still going to see all the same number of ads. They just won't be targeted, right? And so they won't be as relevant to you and your interests. So, so that is... You know, the reason that's scary is because they did that with geolocation. And so like if you have like maps apps or like a Garmin app on your phone, there's all kinds of apps that were tracking your location. Facebook rolled this out uh, a handful of months ago and the opt-in rate was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, less than 50% or around 50% of people said, yes, I'd like you to track my location right in the background. And there were some other options where you could say just while this app is running or all the time or never. And so we'll okay. see exactly what that looks like with this, uh, you know, with Facebook and, and other apps. But so people are afraid that everybody's going to say no. And if that says no, that affects our visibility into the campaigns. We can't see as much. Um, and it will affect retargeting audiences because we can't track all of the product pages they look at. We can't track if they added things to cart, that sort of thing. Um, and then the next part of this uh, is, is it's all very related. The next part of this talks about reporting and what we can see and what that looks like. So, so there were three things, data nutrition label. The second one was app tracking transparency prompt. And then the third one is going to be what they're calling aggravated. <laughs> I've called it aggravated so many times, actually I just said it. It's aggregated event measurement. So, uh, and that is essentially a new protocol that, um, let me, let me just think about this in civil terms. So it's, <laughs> In simple right, terms, hold, let's back up. Okay. So I, Apple makes changes. Yeah. And now when I open up the Facebook app, it says, hey, you got to opt in to letting us collect all your data. And it's, it's a, and it, it does it in very plain language. And so uh, it sounds like it's 50-50 right now. About half of people go, I I'm good, which I'm one of them. I go, I say no. And my reasons are not altruistic. My reasons for doing this are I want my ads to be more generic and less relevant so that I'll spend less money on stupid shit. It's just that simple. Um, it's very practical reasons. And I don't really care if Zuckerberg tracks my location or not. Eh, you know, some, some quality of life convenience features. I'll Maybe I sell my soul for those. Those are the people on the other side who go, yeah, I'll agree to it. You know, it's worth the trade-off. Okay, so, but in doing that, we, it, it, we, we've broken some advertising metrics. So our retargeting audiences decrease, and now we can't see events. Why is that? Do these things still work on desktop, but not on mobile? Good question. So 
there's a lot of ins and outs, but we'll focus on this first. So there is iOS 14 and people that opt out, and then there's everybody else. We can just start with those big buckets. It's a little bit oh, more than that. Oh, okay. But so for everybody that, um, that opts out, that's where all the restrictions really come into play. Uh, and initially we just thought, well, if they opt out, then we don't get to see any of the, those events. It turns out that the, we actually do get to track one event, even if you've opted out, um, which is interesting. I didn't expect that. Um, and so Facebook is going to have us rank our events, uh, in order of priority and we get to, um, so for instance, purchase will probably be your highest priority event, right? If somebody purchases, that's what we're going to see. The next one might be added to cart or initiate checkout. If they don't purchase, then that's what we're going to see. So essentially somebody, somebody goes to your website, they've opted out. We're going to get one event out of them and it's going to be whatever the highest priority event is. If all they did was visit your, your product page, then you'll get a product page event that fired for you, right? Oh, okay. So previously we tracked a series of events, which was viewed product, added to cart, reached checkout, purchased, right? Yep. And those are the relevant events for e-commerce anyway. And someone visited the site on, uh, they click through an ad, they visit the site. And every time they trigger one of those events, all of them get tracked and reported. Exactly. So we're able to then make, you know, remarketing audiences and better marketing decisions based on these events. Now, if I say don't allow, there is a loophole. Facebook can send a single event per uh, visitor, right? Yep. Okay. And, but it doesn't have to be the same event each time. Correct. But I'm just limited to ones. Okay, so then I, I prioritize them. These are what's most important. And then when their session ends, then it just picks the one that was highest on the list that they f triggered and then sends that back to Facebook. Essentially, yep. Okay, yep. all right. This is making more sense. I got it. Yeah, so that's not as bad as we thought. It does screw up our metrics. I mean, we used to do things like um, look at the ratio of add to carts to purchases, right? To figure out how many people go from add to cart to purchase. If we don't get to see add to carts, even when there is a purchase, those ratios make a little less sense, right? Um, and this is what we use for a lot of our decision making. So Facebook is saying, well, we're going to start doing uh, sort of like modeled data. And we'll let you know when it's modeled, but we're going to sort of fill in some of the blanks uh, based on what we've seen previously and, uh, you know, what we're seeing across the industry. So they're going to give us some numbers that just sort of fill the spots, uh, potentially. We haven't seen it yet. This is all going to happen. So Facebook's been doing this huge setup, and they're just waiting for when iOS 14 requires these changes. Then all of our dashboards are going to change, and a whole bunch of things are going to swing into effect. Anyhow. Do we know when this is? Like, when, when's our drop dead date here? So we we don't know. Uh, I don't know. I've it's supposed to be sometime in March, I believe. So they said Q one, end of Q one. Um, I've heard talk that maybe it's going to be kicked back a little bit farther, depending on. Um, I don't know. There's a big back and forth between Facebook and Apple, obviously. So March though is sort of what I'm looking at, and we'll see. If like that to keeps, the yeah to the point where I heard a, another rumor that. I don't know if it's a rumor anymore, if it's confirmed or not, but that Facebook was looking into um, trying to uh, go after Apple for anti-competitive practices. Yeah, slippery slope, right? Because they're Facebook as well. They can be... Right. <laughs> I mean, That's a two-way street. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that was, I'm sure, a decision that they did not take lightly. But yeah, as far as I, as far as I know, that is all in progress um, and that that's happening. So if... So we'll see what happens from that. But in the meantime, 
they have had us, Facebook is having us do all these preps. And so the, you know, these preparations include like changing our attribution windows. So they rolled that out in January so that we start looking at things differently. Uh, we have to prioritize these events. There's a lot of safety things that they're calling brand safety. So we have to like verify our domains. They have to be tied to a pixel and they have to be tied to an ad account. Um, so all these things are sort of being tied together and they're wanting you to verify that, uh, that you own all those assets. And in many cases, potentially related, I'm not totally sure, but they're asking advertisers for their identification as well, photo ID uploads, that kind of stuff. So they're really putting a focus on trying to figure out who you are, um, tie it to your business, and then make sure that everything is connected. They want full visibility into who's doing what. Whereas before it was a little bit more of the Wild West. Yes. And is this in response to uh, the the madness of the the last two presidential elections? Definitely. <laughs> it's part of it. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of it. The other part of it is that we were kind of running down this path already of abandoning. So this is a separate, but, but I guess a tangential issue is the Facebook pixel and just pixels in general, right? Browsers are moving towards more more privacy. A lot of them are blocking pixels sort of out of the gate. There's uh, pixel blocking software um, so that you can't be tracked. And so we're moving towards a pixel-less uh, browser environment. And so this has been the time where you may have heard this acronym, CAPI, the and that stands for the you know conversion API. Essentially, this is hey, we're not going to be, you know, we're going to transition out of using the pixel and we're just going to send that data directly server to server. So from your Shopify store server to the Facebook servers, and that way the browser can't intercept and shut this down. Plus there can be more um, privacy measures put into place, like all of these rules that we were describing. Um, and and hmm. there's there's actually a little bit more to it if you want to get into more of the, the effects um, from this aggregated event measurement. I just call it AEM. I would love to know, are you scared? Are you worried? Should I be worried? <laughs> so my, my my fear levels have gone up and down. Um, when this all came out, I was quite worried. Um, as it came, you know, more information came out learning that, hey, we are going to get one event at least, even if you opt out, that's much better. Um, still, you know, there's been a big reliance on retargeting. Um, we're going to have to sort of rethink maybe the way that we're approaching our retargeting. So I'm feeling more calm right now. I still think that it's going to be a big deal. What we're going to have to do is reevaluate our metrics and the way that we are thinking about if our campaigns are successful or not. We're not going to be able to see all the same data in Facebook. Uh, so there's a movement towards um, looking at store revenue, right? Just looking at your revenue. Is your revenue going up day in and day out compared to your ad spend? Um, so anyhow, I'm not... So a very like literal version of return on ad spend. Uh, we, we, we compare just straight ad cost to top line revenue. Yep. You'll, you'll hear it you know, called MER, media efficiency ratio. It's really just describing media efficiency ratio yes right i think okay. go back to the days of like direct tv that kind of stuff right where they say oh no yes i oh no Look i at, don't want to go back to that kind of advertising no I, I don't think that any advertisers do that's for sure and store owners um so that is you know we're not going to go all the way back to those days we still have much better tracking um but we are taking a few steps back for sure in terms of what we could see so let me give you a couple other things that are changing um 
no age, gender, region, or placement breakdowns after we for aggravated event measurement. I said aggravated, yeah, aggregated event measurement uh, data. What am I giving up here? What did I lose? Yeah, so being able to to look at those iOS 14 users by age, gender, so your campaign, if you run a campaign and you say, who was it that bought from us? Let's just split it out by age. Uh, let's split it out by you know Facebook's reported uh, gender um, region. So where do they live in the US or across the world? Uh, or even placement. Um, was it on Facebook or Instagram? Was it a fa- you know the Instagram story placement or was it Instagram newsfeed? These things are going away as far as we can tell for people that opt out of uh, iOS 14 tracking. As far as I know, those things will be in place though for people that have not opted out. Um, so we'll see what this actually looks like when it, when it comes down and Facebook you know, implements all these changes. Right now we're still sort of in prep mode for much of it. But one thing that's already changed is the attribution window. And that, that's a big deal, that, that changes a lot of things. So attribution window, is the amount of time that we are looking after, uh, and it used to be after an ad was viewed or clicked on. How long are we gonna measure and look for a purchase to come through, right? And so the default has been 28 days after a click and one day after a view. That was our default attribution. Um, So you you view an ad uh, and as long as you purchase within 24 hours, that would be counted. If you click on an ad, as long as that happens sometime in the next 28 days, that would also be counted. That's now changing to seven day click and one day view. No more 28 day attribution window. Which attribution window did you prefer? Well, I think they have different roles. The juiciest, biggest attribution window is gonna be the biggest and longest, right? The 28 day. Um, But that's not always the most useful for decision-making. For decision-making, I actually will look at a one-day click a lot of times just to see what are the direct results of this ad today as I'm running this ad. I'm spending this money today. What's happening today? Knowing full well that there's going to be other purchases that happen over the coming days, right? Uh, I think that seven-day is a nice, happy medium there, but your ROAS is going to look worse and so that's that's one of the things that we've done for all of our clients is we've built spreadsheets comparing all of last year broken down by month what was our you know default our 28 day one day view attribution and then what's our 7 day one day view attribution for each month and the year in total so that we can look at the differences right so hey if if this had all happened last year this is what our numbers would have looked like with 7 day attribution Going forward, this is what they will look like if we performed like last year, right? And that sort of, you have to reset your your baseline and your expectations for what it's going to look like in Facebook. And, you know, because that's how you're determining if you're going to keep running an ad or a campaign or not. In, you know, in truth, it may be performing just as, it, just as well as it was before. You just can't see those purchases coming in after seven days. So take, for instance, uh, I have a client that sells furniture long conversion window, right? Because you, you see this piece of furniture that you want on, on the, their store or on Facebook, and then you need to do things like measure your room. Um, you know, there, there's all kinds of steps um, as you're deciding. And so if you have a long conversion window, this is going to hit you a little bit harder and you may need to look at other metrics to, fit, you know, to help you make decisions. Hey, I got a question. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15%? 
You could try standing on the corner with a megaphone. Hey, you in the denim jacket. What's your credit card number? I got some stuff you could buy. Or you could just use Zipify one-click upsell. Created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store and trusted by over 8,100 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. You can make pre-purchase upsells from the shopping cart, or you can make post-purchase upsells immediately after a customer completes their order. And with mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results, it's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $139 million in sales. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, Launch your first upsell and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask them for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Okay, back to the show. What were we discussing? One thing I noticed uh, that changed not long ago is in the past... I wanted, if you wanted to add your Facebook pixel to your Shopify store, you pasted in the ID and saved it. And that was the end of it. And now there's a whole um, process where you have to connect it to Facebook. Is that related to this? Was this some attempt to, to prepare for this? This is all super related. Yeah. So now, so we talked a little bit about Cappy, right? The conversion API that is tied into this Facebook sales channel app. And that's what you're just describing is that, that Facebook app that you download in Shopify. Um, and, and so there's a lot of components in there. One is that it will, that app will now be what is firing your Facebook pixel. So you can go back to the other area in your Shopify store and remove that from your preferences tab after you have set up this Facebook um, uh, sales channel app. The other thing it'll set up is Cappy for you. And oh, okay. Yeah. So those are both. I think that um, that brings us to our our to do list. It sounds like there's some stuff I need to do to to be prepared and be compliant. And we we already touched on the uh, you touched on the first one. Walk me through it or one of them. Yeah. Uh, Walk me through my 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 action list, my to do list. Okay. So Facebook has told us there's a few things that we that they recommend for all stores. Uh, so the first one, the simplest one, is just verifying your domain. And so in order to do that, you have to have a business manager. Hopefully, you're all running your campaigns. Uh, you know, your your ad ads manager is connected to a business manager. Um, and so you'll you'll go into your business manager. It's under the brand safety tab, and you'll just hit add. And then there's three ways to verify. You can use a DNS record, upload an HTML file, or just use a meta tag. The meta tag is the easiest. Uh, so just copy and paste that meta tag, put it in the, the head section of your Shopify theme, and then hit refresh a bunch of times until Facebook finally recognizes it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is truly the critical component there. <laughs> hit refresh several times. Uh, another easy mistake with this one is if like you paste it in an app, like let's say you, ta- you say, oh, I'll just send this to my developer. You send to them and then it doesn't work, can't figure out why. Uh, a few times I've seen a scenario where... Uh, the quote, the the simple quotes in the, the verification tag, the meta tag, got turned into the curly fancy quotes in Microsoft Word or Outlook or whatever, and that will completely break it. But it won't be obvious looking at it. So be be mindful of your quotes if you cannot figure out why in the heck this thing won't verify. Yes, that that has happened to me. Now I just take it direct. I just copy it and paste it directly in there if at all possible, so I don't mess that up. Um. 
Yes. So that's domain verification. Um, and then one. All right. That's easy. Yeah. That that's, is, okay. One last step though. Remember to, you want to, there's an assign assets tab or connected assets tab. You want to then connect your Facebook page to that. Now you're going to start to see a pattern here. All these things, you're linking them all together to form this big chain of, you know, authenticity, right? So they can authenticate who you are. So, so that's the last step on domain verification. Um, the next big step that all advertisers uh, need to take is this event selection. So that's prioritizing those events. If you don't, uh, Facebook will just look at the events that have come through in the last 28 days and they'll choose for you. In most cases, that is okay. They're usually saying that purchase is gonna be your number one event. But I've seen after that, there's no add to cart, initiate checkout or anything else. There may be a view content in there uh, if you're lucky. So you wanna go in there and verify it yourself. Um, to, to make that happen, you jump into your business manager. You so for both of these, I didn't mention this, but for domain verification and your event selection, you have to be an admin on the business manager. So, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that makes sense. Um, how would you arrange those, those eight most important events? The way I'm doing it is, you know, I'm doing purchase and initiate checkout, add to cart and view content. And then that leaves us four more events. There's, so there's value optimization for purchase. So what that means is that, you know, Facebook can learn what the conversion value is and start to optimize for higher conversion values, right? Um, so for your higher price products, because of this, all this data restriction, it takes up four events. In, in order for you to use that. So that takes up the other four events if you turn on value optimization. And really what that's doing is Facebook behind the scenes is creating four buckets. So let's say you have products range from $1 to $500. Well, let's just say $400 to make it easier, right? There's gonna be a, a bucket for zero to 100, uh, 101 to 200, et cetera, right? And so it's not actually gonna be coming back for value optimization with the exact purchase amount. It's gonna say it was in bucket A, B, C, or D. Um, and you can actually choose more than four events if you want to be more granular with that. That's as much as I know uh, in terms of how those those event buckets will work. Uh, once this all starts happening in the next couple months, we'll probably see because apparently you can sort of manually change the ranges on those buckets and that kind of stuff. But anyhow, that's how I would arrange them. And I am turning value optimization on for most of my ad accounts. So that I mean, I like the name value optimization. Who does not want to optimize for value in just about everything? It sounds good. Um, the issue is that value optimization campaigns don't always work the best, you know, depending on your oh. store, right? I mean, if, if most of your products are in a similar price range, that's not going to be a big, um, you know, it's not going to have a big effect for you. Also, um, when you change these things, Facebook gives you, they have, there's a three day like cooldown period. So they can wait for all this data to be resent through the system. So let's say you change from, you know, purchase without value to purchase with value, or you change the order of those events, the priority, then Facebook will say, okay, hold on now. They pause your, your ads actually for three days uh, if you're using that conversion event, and then they let you turn them back on. And that is due to, to two things. One, so they can switch it in their systems. They're, they're giving you a one day for that. Um, and then the other two days is because as part of this aggravated, <laughs> aggregated event management, <laughs> um, as part of the AEM, uh, data is being randomly um, 
reported over a 48 hour period. So that's another thing that happens for people that opt out on iOS 14. You don't, they're they're really not messing around, right? They're trying to make it anonymous so that you can't correlate the time that a purchase happened with a person, uh, right? They're trying to, so they're reporting it in a randomized 20, uh, 48 hour window. So wild. Yeah. So that's a lot of, because otherwise, like if you had, if you knew, you know, someone logged in at this time, you could associate it. Right. Wow. Okay. So they're just before anyone has a chance to abuse that loophole, they're shutting it down. Yep. Yes. So, but, uh, you know, really, I think I've made all the event selections sound more complicated than it is, um, you know, by talking about all the value optimization stuff. Really, you'll just go into your business manager. It's underneath your, when you find your pixel. Uh, So you go to where your pixel is in business manager, you just select your pixel. uh, And then you'll go to a tab called uh, aggregated event management. And that's where you can select those, those eight events. And then you'll hit submit. And then you're good to go there. Okay. All right. What's left? Well, there. So then there is making sure that you have Cappy installed and and the Facebook sales channel, right? And so we talked about that briefly. But for this, let me just give a few you know pointers. A lot. I talk with a lot of other people that are uh, you know involved with agencies or running agencies. This has to be done by the Shopify store owner. An agency you know employee cannot see this unless they have admin access. So this is sort of complicated because we're trying to guide clients through this process, but we can't actually log in and see if they've done it all properly very easily unless they, oh geez. right, because it's invisible. And it's not like the merchant doesn't want to do it. They're like, look, I hired you, you handle it. Right. So you have to say, uh, it's not actually possible. Yep. You have to do it. Yep. So we've just like created a loom video and sent it and, you know, walked them through the process. And then if you can, you know, if they're comfortable giving you an account with admin access, then you can go in and, and see those things afterwards and make changes and that sort of stuff. Hopefully this will all change uh, in the future so that it doesn't all need to be, you know, so it can be interfaced with an agency more easily. But right now the store owner needs to do most of this stuff. So you would want your agency to give you instructions if at all possible. <laughs> videos. Um, but all right. So, so to finish this thought, then setting up Cappy, you install the Facebook, um, sales channel app, and then it's going to basically walk you through this process of connecting your accounts, your business manager, your pixels, your catalog, your Facebook page, all of this. Uh, then there's going to be, um, under your settings tab. And I've seen this in two different ways, but just to keep it simple, under your settings tab for most people, there is going to be a place where you can specify how much data is sent over um, by Facebook. And there's three options there. Um, I think it's like standard, enhanced, and maximum. You wanna make sure that you have set it to maximum. That's the only time when you're actually fully engaging Cappy. And really what that means right now is just that you send a purchase event server to server. In the future, hopefully they will include add to cart, and all those other events. But right now it's just purchase. Okay, so that's Cappy. And the way that you want to verify that this is happening is then you go to your pixel, go to the overview, and you'll see that all of a sudden a new line appears. There are your old pixel events. Now you're gonna see a green line, that's your server events. You wanna start seeing those come through. Give it 24 hours or so for that line to show up. But that's how you can verify that it's working. Okay, it's a lot of work so far. Did I do everything? Am I done yet? Not quite. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so Tim Cook's really screwing me here. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on. So this last one is is basically to sort of make sure that all the, the boxes are checked. So 
if you go to your ads manager, there's a new tab. Um, it's the resource center tab. And on the resource center tab, it's gonna go through and check things like, are all of your ads using the pixel that you've associated with all of this stuff you've just done, right? With those events. Have you selected your events? And are there any of your ad sets that are optimizing for an event that is not part of your list, right? If you have a custom event um, that you've specified or something like that. And what I'm seeing happen a lot of times is that if you had two pixels and maybe you were using one pixel for some and then later you transitioned, it's going to tell you and it's going to show you all the ad sets that you need to fix, right? So you can go in and make sure that your pixels are showing up. If there's events, again, it'll highlight those for you. If you're using like the wrong product catalog that's tied to a different pixel, uh, I've had that error. It'll tell you about it. And then finally, it'll tell you about automated rules if you're using any of them uh, to go through and make sure that those are using the new seven-day attribution instead of 28-day and, and that sort of thing. So that will get you that once you've gone through and, and checked all those boxes, then you're good to go as far as the technical setup. You, you should be set. All right, so I'm, I'm done? You're done with that. There is- Wait, there's a but. Well, there is a but. There's always a but. It, no! It's yes and. Um, Zuckerberg! Yeah. So then there's all this, you know, you've probably heard about Facebook shops and Instagram shops. So technically, as far as like the iOS 14 stuff, you're done, right? But okay. so that's that's good news. But there are so because we're seeing less data, Facebook is pushing us towards using these Facebook uh, and Instagram shops. Have you seen those? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, mostly uh, I just get frustrated emails from merchants like this thing keeps declining my products for stupid reasons. Right, and I can't control which products are being sent to the store. Uh, all kinds of things like that. So. Uh, yeah, so there's that. The good thing is, though, you may have seen recently like the uh, shop uh, pay integration that's coming to Facebook. Did you see that uh, announcement? Yes, that's a big deal. Yeah. So the great thing about that, and then there's also just sort of Facebook's checkout, um, which is, is very similar to that. It's, you can use shop pay um, or you can use this Facebook checkout. The good thing about using those is that we don't lose this data. You can't opt out of in-app data. So when you say, no, don't track me, really what you're saying is don't track what I do from this app to other properties, from this app to other apps, from this app to my to a website, et cetera. But Facebook can still track what you do while you're on Facebook. And so the strategy here, the thinking is that let's just move everything to Facebook and then we can see everything, including the checkout process. So we won't lose that data and then we'll have more retargeting audiences. Now, is this a good idea? I'm not totally sure yet. I haven't been able to test it uh, very reliably and I haven't been able to set it up the way that I wanted to. Um, too many products, as you and I know, right, working on, on mutual clients, there's too many, it's too hard to control some of the products that are going in there. And so we're still working on getting that all refined uh, before we dive into trying to check out on Facebook, which, by the way, you have to set up a new merchant account, essentially through Facebook, tie your bank account information, oh, to it. you know, all of that information. Uh, so it's one more thing to look at um, another, you know, merchant account. But it, the good thing is if you're using Shopify, the back end is tied in there. So orders will still go through there. Your inventory levels will be adjusted, shipping, all that other kind of stuff. So it's a, it should be a good integration. Uh when do I have to do that? Do I have to drop everything, do this right now? Do I have a little bit of time? 
Should I wait and see? What should I do? So I would do the first steps before the applause right away. The post <laughs> the post applause steps. These are things that that you can do in time, and this is not directly related to the iOS 14, although it can help with some of those those issues. Right, it'll give us more data. Um. So. So there's that. And then another th complicating factor to all of this and that they've introduced is this thing called the uh, commerce manager. And when you set up the Facebook sales channel app, it's going to create a commerce manager for you, which by the way, is not, you can't get access to it through the regular business manager channels. You have to be added like in the old days that you have to assign it to people individually using their email address until Facebook can uh, connect it to business manager permissions. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot here. I probably I can't digest all of it in a podcast. Where do I go for more info? How are you staying on top of this? Yeah, I mean, I am. The, it's a community effort. Um, on Twitter, you know, a lot of people are diving into what they're seeing and and posting all of this. If if you stay plugged into, uh. You know, the Facebook announcements, they're putting a lot of announcements on the top of your ads manager. And so they'll tell you when different things are happening. They'll tell you if you are at risk of having your campaigns turned off because you don't have the right events, you know, prioritized yet. They'll tell you some of these things. And so they'll sort of walk you down these steps. Um, but also, I'm going to put together a resource page. Uh, we can include a link in the show notes that has links to a lot of these instructions um, uh, as well as like a loom video that will walk you through, through some of this process. Oh, wonderful. Where do so, I go to find that? Um, that is really the setup. I, I think that the next, you know, the next sort of framework to think through is like, okay, what are you going to do now? Like how, what, how does this affect what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? What's, and what's the core question to ask myself? So, I think it's how are you going to make decisions, right? How does any of this change the way that you think about things? And we've talked about this before, but there's still a lot of uncertainty around this um, when I talk with clients. And so, you know, we talked about going through and, and comparing your new attribution, the seven day attribution to the old attribution, just so that you're aware of what the changes are going to look like. So that's one thing. Um, you know, we talked about that media efficiency ratio, essentially looking at your, your spend and revenue, right? Comparing those two, taking your revenue, dividing it by your spend, and just looking at that ratio over the past month so that you have a feel of where it normally is. And then going forward, when you don't have as much visibility, you can look back and say, well, am I on track compared to where we've been historically, right? That's another thing that will help you. Okay, good advice. Where can I learn more about you? Uh, if you visit, uh, I post about this all the time on Twitter, my handle is just at Kurt Bullock, um, or you can visit uh, our website, producedept.co, and I'm going to have a resource uh, page on there as well with, with a lot of these links. Excellent. Uh, okay, well, I'll make sure I, I put that in the, the show notes as well so people can find it easily. Thank you for, for demystifying the iOS 14 Facebook uh cold war that's currently going on that's what it sounds like right so uh, it could if i mean if they go after apple uh, for anti-competitive practice anti-competitive practices then no longer a cold war uh it, it's been kind of interesting to watch it in the news yeah all right mr bullock thank you as always you are 
You are my my Facebook ads guru. All Facebook ads questions go to you. <laughs> I appreciate the help. It, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. E-commerce sales are at an all-time high. So if you've been waiting for the quote-unquote right time to launch your online store, here is your sign. Yes, you got to launch it now. In 2021, success in e-commerce is going to depend on whether or not you provide an amazing customer experience. And Out of the Sandbox has a 10-year track record of delivering excellent customer experiences by building premium Shopify themes that look and work amazingly well. And that helps merchants make more money. So their best-selling theme, Turbo, fully loaded, easily accommodates high-volume large catalog shops or small shops looking for premium performance because it is just that flexible. It is arguably the fastest theme on the market with speed settings that you could control and customization settings that free themes just can't compete with. For 20% off Turbo, visit outofthesandbox.com unofficial and use promo code KURT20 at checkout. Try the new theme for two weeks, and if you don't like it, they will give you your money back. How's that for a risk reversal guarantee? That's outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial promo code KURT20 for 20% off turbo and a 14 day money back guarantee. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.